0: Did you just get turned down for a business loan? And are you wondering what just happened? Well, make sure you stay tuned to this entire episode to hear what the banks are actually looking for when you apply for funding. Even if it's not a question on the forum, they might still deny you. So make sure you watch this entire interview with Bob Hunter, CEO of My Business Credit because they help ecopreneurs realize why they might have been denied for business funding. And then they provide you all the training and all the necessary modules and everything that you need so that the next time you apply, you receive the funding that you need so that you can make an impact on the climate crisis. You are here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Bob, thank you so much for coming on and joining the podcast today. Can you tell us a little bit
1: about my business credit and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. My name is Bob Hunter and I'm the CEO of Oxford Pierpont and we got into business financing because of the pandemic. So to make the long story very short during the pandemic, a lot of businesses, they were barely surviving. A lot of them were barely surviving because they were running out of money. And so in order for our business to survive, we ended up pivoting into doing business financing. So my logic was, hey, if it's running out of money, why don't we sell money? So fast forward now, here we are in 2023, we've definitely gotten very good at that, but what we realized is there needs to be a brand that is catered to small and medium-sized businesses because the bigger businesses that are asking for half million dollars, million, they usually have everything in order. My business credit is focused on the people who don't even know what they're supposed to have in order. Like you're getting denied for all of the basics and you didn't even know that those were qualifiers on the application because it wasn't necessarily a question on the application. And yet it was still an underwriting condition for whether or not you're gonna get a loan. So that is what my business credit does. We focus on small and medium-sized businesses. We help them understand what that landscape looks like. We help them understand how to avoid being declined for a loan or whatever business funding they're looking for. And we just go from there.
0: Definitely. And you guys also help if you do get denied, you say, okay, these are the reasons why, and this is how we can fix that. Right?
1: Yes. But we do try our best to avoid anyone even having to do an application in the first place. So we have this pre-qualification it's all over our website. And what that's doing is it's just checking against all the common factors. Hey. Here are the most common reasons the bank will say, no, if you've got any of these, just go ahead and fix those before you go talk to any lenders. And then they deny you for these very reasons later.
0: Yeah. Definitely. That's great. And what are some of those common things that people get denied for that you're able to say, Okay, make sure you do this first.
1: Yeah. You'd be surprised because I was surprised because it's not stuff that people tell you, for example people wouldn't ordinarily think that, oh, my loan application got denied because I put a Gmail, or my application is getting denied because I'm running my business out of my house and I don't actually have a dedicated business address. Things that you think would have nothing to do with the actual running of the business, those are the things that the bank is looking at because you know, look at it from their perspective, all right, put yourself in their shoes. We're supposed to give you money. Let's just say it's $100,000, okay? We need to figure out very quickly whether or not you're going to pay that money back, or if you're going to be someone who is going to default on the loan. Little things like professionalism, things like do you have a dedicated business address, meaning you're serious about this business? Are you sending people to a Gmail, or are you sending people to your name at yourwebsite.com? Do you even have a website? Do you have a phone number or are you sending people just to your plain old iPhone and hoping that the calls don't get mixed in? It's little things like that make the bank feel better because they've got to ask themselves, is this person actually going to give us the money back? And those are just the basics. Then it gets a little bit more complicated, things that are more related to the business, but still some people don't have. You'd be surprised how many people are taking their business money. So they're selling whatever their products and services are, but it's going into their personal bank account. Big no-no, okay? Or you will see someone who they've got a business, but that money or that registration wasn't really done with the state. They didn't really go and get the EIN with the IRS. They're doing business, but they have not actually made it that far to the proper registrations. The bank doesn't want to give you money. So that's what we mean when we say basics. And then of course, as we go up the scale, it gets a little bit more complicated. That's when we start getting into the credit. That's when we start getting into, all right, so good. You've got a dedicated address, you've got the phone number, you've got the email, you've got the website, you've got the bank account, but how much money is in that bank account? Because they're measuring something called a bank rating, which basically says, hey, are you keeping at least $10,000 revolving in your account over a 90-day period? So that's not all, there's 20, but those are some of the things that we're talking about when we say pre-qualify before you even apply, because... If we could have just told you, Hey, these are the 20 things that the bank is definitely going to check. If you've got a no on any of these things, that doesn't mean that it's a deal breaker, but that means for every, no you have that conversation is definitely going to get harder and harder. So fix this stuff first, then apply. That's what we do. That's great. And what do
0: you say is, I guess for all of those like qualification things that you assess of yourself before trying to apply, what would you say, how long does that
1: process usually take for someone to go through that? So it depends on what part of the process, because there are some things that you could have fixed in a day. If someone just told you to fix them, for example, getting the address, getting the phone number, getting website, getting an email, all that stuff. You could have knocked out in an eight hour workday, right? But then there are some things that you have no control over for the time. For example, if the bank wants to see 90 days of bank history, 90 days have to pass. If the bank wants you to have been in business for two years. There's nothing you can do about that until two years have actually passed. Or if it's something more complicated, the bank wants you to have a certain credit score, which would be at least a 650 or or higher, ideally 680 to 700. You can't just go fix your credit score overnight unless you go do something shady and get one of those trade lines that you go buy someone else's piggyback credit and don't do that. But for the normal person, no, you're not just gonna go fix your credit overnight. To answer your question, There's some things that you can fix right away. Then there are other things that will take more time. And for the ones that take more time, it's really a matter of how much money are we talking. Because if we're talking less than $100,000, You probably could have gotten by without those things that may take longer, like the two years in business or the 90 days of history and all that. If you're talking something that's over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. They want as many things to be in line as possible. Okay. I got you.
0: And in terms of how you help businesses kind of go through this process. Are you saying, okay, Here's the check boxes. Are, do you have any training modules involved or is there anything more in depth than just, okay, here's the checklist, get these yeah. done. So
1: we do, we do actually offer a business credit building course. We're redoing that entire course because if anyone's been on our website, you'll see there's all these very awesome animated videos and they're very easy to understand. And so I want our entire approach to be like that. Just because I think a lot of people get bogged down with all the technicalities of business finance. So serious. I just want it to be easily explained so that someone will actually finish it. And we're going to be giving that course away for free. The course that we had, it was four ninety seven, dollars And then we also offer one-on-one coaching where someone will literally hold your hand through the process for a year. But the new one is going to be completely free for people. Just because I want people to actually get funded. I wish someone would have helped me get funded when I was starting out.
0: Yeah, definitely. And can you tell us more about your story about how did you go from where you were until you started Oxford Pierpont and then where you are now with my business?
1: Boy, what that story. I (laughs) used to be a normal guy. I was a normal guy. I had a normal nine to five job. And honestly, I was very happy with that job. It was outside of my control. Mainly my sickle cell. I have sickle cell disease, blood disorder. So that reared its ugly head and ended up having a stroke that took this this eye. So vision in this eye. Deaf in this ear, blind in this eye. I lost my job over it. So I had this cushy job, had my wonderful office and all that stuff. I never would have left that job. But it was a blessing in disguise. End up losing my job, knee-jerk reaction to figure out how we're gonna pay the bills and stuff, start a business. Basically doing all the stuff I'd been doing at the job. I thought I was gonna get another job, to be quite honest. I did not think I was going to be doing business stuff. I thought I was just going to be, okay, I'm just going to do some freelancing on the side until I managed to find another job to replace my income. And here we are now, that was all the way back in 2016 and now it's 2023 and still not only at it, but doing quite well. That's that how that also,
0: happened. That's really great. And <laughs> It's uh, in disguise for sure.
1: <laughs> it was because that was April that I ended up losing my job. It was April 4th of 2016. So I lost the vision February 29th leap year of 2016. And then by April 4th, I would officially lost my job. What I didn't know, because I'm not a fortune teller, is by December of that same year, they were going to be closing down the entire Atlanta office and they moved that entire staff and all those jobs to Mexico. So I was going to lose my job anyway, but I did not know that, obviously. So by the time December rolled around, I mean, I had gotten my head start in April. I was back in a comfortable position. Whereas if I'd lost my job in December with everyone else, I don't know how things would have gone. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason.
0: Yeah, I guess so. And it worked out for you, which is nice. Yeah,
1: eventually, yeah. Because
0: you eventually
1: asterisks with any with any entrepreneur, if you've been in business for a while, yes, then you already know there is this myth of there's the up-and-downs. glory of entrepreneurship. And right. people don't usually talk about the I'll call it the uphill battle before you get to the top of that glorious mountain. And there were some times I almost did not make it to the top of the mountain. I still would not say I'm at the top of that mountain, but I'm I'm making a good pace all the way up there. So That's good. And we've had
0: a couple of other business funding episodes in the past. We had a few that were on VC funding and another one was really talking about going the angel investing in that route as well. So what are your pros and cons with business loans and what type of business owner fits well into a business loan versus VC funding or angel investing?
1: So I like investors. The problem with that though is you have to be quite prepared as a business owner in a business to even have a fruitful conversation with an investor. Just because investors, no different than the bank, they have the same kind of question, which is if I give you my money, instead of it being default, it's more am I going to profit from from this relationship? And in my experience, Having talked to all the business owners that I've spoken to and even considering my own personal experience, my own background, you have to know a lot about your business and about yourself before you're really able to go and have a strong conversation with an investor. And the amount of planning and the presentation, and don't get me wrong, some people can have an idea today and within a month they're ready to go and do full presentations and go raise money and get to all the series rounds of funding. That's not the average person though, at least not in my experience. Most people have more of a haphazard approach to starting a business, which goes something like, I got really inspired by this idea. So I'm going to go start that business. I hate my boss. I'm going to go start that business. Or it is I've always been thinking about this thing and I guess eventually I should go ahead and do it. You know what, it's new year. I'm going to go ahead and start the business. It's often something like that. And what happens there is you end up having people. They start the business in this very, and not to say that this is necessarily wrong, but they start it in a very looking for the dollar. I wanna get this product or get this service to the customer and make the money right away. And the planning just happens along the way. And so then you come to talk to someone like me because now you need to hire people. You need to get services. You need to get all these things to grow your business. And then you find out, oh, started your business, but you didn't do all these basics. The bank's not going to want to give you any money, you got to go fix all this stuff first. So imagine trying to have that conversation, but with an investor and you're so unprepared. That is how a lot of people end up going the loan route, just because it is a shorter route for a lot of people. It's very direct. And if you've got a good business plan, you actually do need the money for something that is going to be profitable. It's not the worst thing in the world to, let's say, take a hundred thousand dollars you hire people you develop new products you go buy more supplies whatever it is and now that 100,000 turns into let's say 3 to 500,000 right so you multiplied your money of course now you can pay your loan back and it's healthy and everyone's happy as long as you have proper planning so our job is just to help clean up that mess that most people do inevitably make accidentally that business administration mess get people prepared for funding get them to the funding make sure that they're happy with the funding that they got because some money is expensive and then they can go into the next steps. And if you're a healthier business now, if you do want to go talk to investors, you can now have a better presentation because you have a proof of concept. You've proven, Hey, at the very least, we have a customer base. We know what we're doing. And this is a business that I want to continue
0: doing. Gotcha. So you would say yeah. more of a beginning starting out, maybe you don't have the big business plan. Those are the types yeah. of people you would suggest, I hate probably doing some type of business loan. First, you can get your feet under you, start seeing that customer base, like you mentioned, and then being able to say, okay, after I've got that significant amount coming in, then you can say, oh, okay, now I can go to an investor and now it's time to scale to the next level.
1: Yes. And within context too, because of course, if you were able to go and do bootstrap funding, where you're raising money from friends and family, and maybe you have personal investors that you just happen to know, by all means, go take that money because it's way cheaper. Money, I don't know if people realize this, but money is actually expensive, especially if you get it from the wrong place. So by all means, go get that money first, but for the average person that we talk to, they don't have those kinds of connections or resources, and they don't even know where to even begin the conversation with the bank. So that is the gap we're filling.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'd love for you to expand more on this idea of money is expensive depending on where you get it.
1: Yeah, so let's say, for example, I'll give you a very good example. Let's say that the ideal credit that they asked for, for the, from the lender was 680. They said, Hey, we need you to have a 680. We'd also like you to have at least $10,000 in monthly recurring revenue. Right? So you're able to show you've got some business and you're able to show you've got good credit. You maybe have $5,000 and maybe your credit score is 620. Okay. So now you're having to make concessions here. Now the bank asked for 680 and $10,000 you do not have that. How is the bank supposed to guarantee their loan? They're going to charge you more interest. That's one way. Or they'll give you one of those repayment terms where it's like you'll have to pay every month and we'll withdraw the money from your account. Or they'll give you lower payments, but they'll stretch it out over a longer period of time. So by the time you're done paying, you paid way, way more than the loan actually was. Not to mention all the interest that accumulated along the way. So that's what I mean by money is expensive, but you have to really do that mental calculation, not even mentals, basic math of, hey, if I'm supposed to be getting this much, how much am I going to end up paying back when it's all over? That is the expense that we're talking about when we say money is expensive. And that's not even just business loans, it's loans in general. If you go buy a car and the car is $100,000, but by the time you're done with it, you've paid $150,000 that money, that $100,000 that they gave you, cost an extra $50,000 for you to acquire it. Or if we tell you, looking for a 680 credit score, you've got a 650. We tell you, just wait, just go spend some time, go talk to a credit repair person, go get that extra 30 points, because now your interest rate will be lower. You're like, no, 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 I need the money today. Now that money's going to be expensive, because if you couldn't pay with time and patience, going to have to pay now with money in the form of a higher interest rate so that is what i mean when i say money is expensive
0: yeah and that also comes into consideration if you're thinking about going for other types of funding as well. So like, like a business loan versus going to a VC or going to a angel investor, things like that, they're going to be expecting a certain amount of return. So yes. from your business, so you might receive the business loan, which is going to cost you say 10%, 7% or something like that right. over the time, of course, of the loan, a investor might be expecting a 16 or 17% return in five years. You got to look at how much do you expect to grow in five years? And would it be cheaper to pay the business loan and that interest versus an interest of the who's expecting so much more? So exactly, exactly play too, and
1: to put that in context for people too, because there are always pros and cons to most parts of life, right? So sometimes in there are these situations where it was worth it to take the expensive money and take it now because you believe so strongly in your idea and in your business plan and in the team that you have around you that taking that one-time block of expense is going to be worth it because you need to act now. Maybe it's an opportunity that you're taking advantage of. Maybe certain connections or whatever it is that creates that urgency And then sure enough, you did the things that you said you were going to do. You go now, you do triple or quadruple or how much ever your money. And sure, you had to pay back way more than you probably would have if you had just waited. But now you're in a better situation where going forward you don't even necessarily have to take that type of loan again in those cases it's worth it right so each business owner you've got to do a cost benefit analysis for yourself what i mean by cost benefit analysis is what are the pros what are the cons and which side ends up weighing more and if the pros end up outweighing all of those cons then fine, take the expensive money, but at least be aware of the fact that the money wasn't indeed expensive.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because you might be thinking, oh, we're going to be able to maybe buy out this other competitor, they're trying to sell. And if you don't buy them out at a certain time, then somebody else is going to come in and yes. buy them. You know, you're competing for that acquisition. And if you don't get that acquisition, then, you know, it goes to your competitor, which could be even worse for you. So it might yeah. be that, oh, okay, we need that money now, or you're yeah, trying to buy you know, some type of product to be able to hit the market before your competitor hits the market with this similar yeah. product. Those things definitely come into consideration as well. I think that's
1: yeah. a good point to bring up. For sure. Yeah, as, as long as the decision is not made in ignorance. So that's the biggest thing. You know what you were getting into and it was a sound decision. Yeah, definitely.
0: And what would you say is the biggest struggle that you see for small businesses trying to get business funding?
1: For small businesses, the biggest one is under capitalization because so many other things are related to that. So for example, you might need consulting, maybe you need marketing, maybe you need a better website. Maybe you need better people, maybe you need better equipment. You could need a number of things. All of those things are usually attached to a dollar, right? If you had just had the money, you could have gotten that improved website. You could have paid the consultant who can tell you what you need to do here. You can afford to have not just better staff, staff that is paid very well and is now committed to the job. Or if you had to get certain supplies, maybe you can get a better deal on those supplies because you're able to buy in bulk. All of these things come right back to the capital that your business actually has. And so undercapitalization is a huge one to me, and it's 90% of businesses, they're not even going to make it for the first five years. Right, Year five comes and they're not still in business for one reason or another, but that reason often has something to do with not having enough money. And to take that argument a step further, having a strong credit is almost more important than having access to just the money because so many things depended on the credit score. And there's that huge myth out there that says, oh, you can just go get an an EIN and you won't have to put your social down on anything. And no one's going to ask you for for a personal credit check. No, that's not how it works. And so I meet a lot of business owners where they've not really cared for their personal credit, thinking that they're just going to go build business credit. That's going to be the final determining factor of everything. And then they'll be able to get all the money that they need just through their business. Eventually, that story is true. But for the average person, there's so many things that the bank wants you to have before they're willing to give you money with no kind of personal guarantee that the average person shouldn't even be factoring that in as a possibility, at least not early in the business. Now, you're two years old, you've got strong business credit, you've got at least 15 relationships with vendors and other accounts, and you've got at least 30,000 coming into your business, and you're keeping at least 10,000 of that revolving in your account every 90 days and a whole host of other things. Yeah, sure. Go around putting your EIN on whatever you need to put it on. And, you know, the number of people that ask you for your social are going to get shorter and shorter. But listen to the things I just rattled off, and that was the only part of it. So, yeah, to answer that question, undercapitalization and then poor credit. Those are the two biggest factors that are really hurting a lot of small business owners. Gotcha. And you're really...
0: Hoping that through my business credit, you can help business owners to overcome those challenges.
1: We can at least help people get the information that they need and not to reinvent the wheel here, because I mean, it's 2023, just about everything that you could possibly want to know is either on Google or YouTube or both Google, YouTube, same company anyway. The issue though, is sorting through all of that, right? Finding the needle in this enormous haystack of information. So I wish that I personally had someone that said, Hey do this then do that but this is the actual information these are the actual lenders there's just so many people saying different things out there so we just want to be able to just simply point people in the right direction say hey this is what you do to get your business funded and we genuinely are just wanting to get people funded that course that we're building you could easily sell it for about a thousand dollars but you're coming to us because you need money So maybe we should just give you the course. Is it expensive (laughs) to make such a glorious and gorgeous course that we're making? Yes, it is. But if we're now able to help people, they're able to get funded and we're able to really serve our mission, we build better relationships anyway. So I'll take the profit on the back end. Definitely. And by
0: building that relationship, you're you're able to create better relationships and see more businesses succeed, which is- Yes real goal. Yeah. And where do you see business funding and everything going in terms of the industry over the next
1: kind of coming years? I think it's actually going to get a little bit harder just because already interest rates are increasing on the federal levels. Money is fundamentally like the U.S. dollar is fundamentally getting more expensive. It's getting more expensive for banks to lend money, which is the whole point of what Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, what they're trying to do is lower inflation, So inflation happens because there's just too much money floating around. So you've got to basically get some of that money out of the economy and slow down how much keeps getting pumped into it by increasing interest rates. So making it harder for people to borrow new money. All of that makes it harder to facilitate the loan process. Not necessarily a bad thing because again, inflation is way worse. I'd rather have cheaper milk and eggs over the long term, cheaper gas. But that does make it harder. However, there are things that also make it easier. AI is a huge one. So we just talked about the enormous amounts of information that are out there and how technically have access to everything that you need to know via the internet, it's just a matter of finding the right information. AI is that emerging technology that's really going to help the people that are paying attention leapfrog everyone else if you're paying attention. And so you're able to build your business faster, you're able to sort through information faster, and you're able to be a more attractive business to banks much faster. Yeah, definitely. And what do you see
0: is that tool, do you have any in mind that you're thinking like, oh, this is the AI tool that businesses ah, can yeah. hop onto or anything? I
1: think everyone, everyone who should be paying attention should know by now, but Chat GPT is definitely like the king of the AIs now. My whole staff uses Chat GPT. I personally made sure I trained everyone on ChatGPT. I argue with ChatGPT and I use it every day. I use it for stupid questions. I use it for serious questions. And it's funny because it speaks to human evolution as a whole, how we can go from just being stick and torch to suddenly light bulb. And it's, whoa, how could I ever have survived with the stick and torch? How was I getting by with a candle? I can't imagine if I had to do my work by a candle. Or I remember when I was a kid, right, there were these things called encyclopedias at this place, this mystical place called the library, long (laughs) before the Internet was what it was. And that's how ChatGPT feels for me in my adulthood. It feels like the Internet all over again because you're now suddenly able to do these incredible things that literally two months ago you were not able to do. And so it's maddening. And So anyone who's paying attention, ChatGBT is just, that is like the gold staring right in your face.
0: I've been following it a little bit here and there on, on YouTube and watching some videos on it. It's impressive. I've played around with it too. It's impressive what it can do. And especially the artwork with Dolly. Have you looked into oh, Dolly? Yes, yeah. Yeah. That's really like, journey Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh, they, it comes up with some really amazing stuff and yeah, yeah it's just crazy what AI can do.
1: Yeah. yeah. We're paying attention. this is, this is a whole new gold rush opportunity for a lot of people. If you're paying any close attention and I'm not saying gold rush in the sense that you have to go and sell AI based services, even in the fundamentals of your own business, give people a prime example of just how we use AI and, or specifically ChatGPT GPT in our own business. I'll give you just this morning, right? So we have a client, this is at Oxford now, but we have a client, they also have a podcast. And so we are helping them get their podcast published and everything like that. And so I tell ChatGPT, I say, I have a social justice podcast and I want you to write an email for me to welcome my new newsletter subscribers. Boom, does it and the email is glorious it's got all the placeholders for the macro subject line everything done we have this youtube video that was just done on food insecurity amongst children in the united states can you write me a youtube description done within seconds beautiful youtube description here's the transcript from the entire episode please summarize this and turn it into 20 instagram posts Boom, done, with hashtags. So all of that, and when I say boom, done, I'm literally meaning 60 seconds we're talking about, things that would have taken any one of my people at least of an hour at the least, and that's if they were working diligently. And I don't know how diligently they work sometimes. So instead of 60 <laughs> minutes, that entire job got cut down to 60 seconds. Just imagine if any regular person had to read an entire hour-long transcript And then take quotes out of that transcript and turn those into Instagram posts. And instead you've got a chat bot that just instantly did it with the hashtags. That is what I'm talking about when I say it is a golden opportunity for people to really grow their business and just really excel in a way that was not even possible a couple of months ago.
0: That is super exciting. Yeah. I've used it too. It's incredible what it can do and and super exciting for where we're headed. So that's awesome. And for my business
1: credit, where do you see
0: you guys going over the next six months?
1: Hopefully well. Since you said six months, Uh, six months, we've got the course up. We are building a social platform. So remember I said all of that noise of all these people who are trying to teach business credit and offer services, and you've got all these lenders. There's just all wild west parties out there just independently doing their own thing. And so we're working on a Facebook style platform that puts everyone into one place where if that's your thing, that's your niche, you're able to put all of your business services, all your information into one place, which is our platform. So all of our customers who are coming, they're looking for credit, they're looking to learn about credit. We've got a constant feed of fresh information being generated by all the people who say they do these things. All the lenders who want to talk about their loans, everything is in one place for them, in addition to the training course that we're going to give away for free and just a lot of other resources. All that stuff is on there. This yeah. Next awesome. Months.
0: Next 90 days, really. Yeah. that's exciting. And I like asking this question because I get a lot of very different responses and it's just really mm-hmm. interesting to see what different entrepreneurs are learning. So what are you currently learning right now?
1: Well, so since 20, this has to be maybe since 20. 15, 2016, maybe I've read about 10 articles every single day. I use flipboard to facilitate that just because, and I tell my kid this all the time, only stupid people know everything. If we had to go over what I'm like, just currently working on or what I'm currently learning about, I'm learning about new cancer treatments. I know that probably seems random, but I really like learning about stuff like that. So future technologies, so they now have basically a cancer treatment that trains your T cells to go and eliminate the cancer cells. So that's an emerging technology. I'm learning about so that platform that we just talked about, building our own miniature Facebook. I'm learning about the software to build that. I'm constantly learning about chat GPT and related AIs because I love all of it. Just seeing the things I'm able to tell my people to do, just I don't know, like a kid. So excited. (laughs) You can just see it right on your face. Yeah, you're super excited. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely learning about that. And yeah, that's this morning. Those are the big things. Yeah. ChatGPT is a huge one, really. Atomic Habits, that one too. Yes.
0: That's a good one. I was listening to a podcast episode where they were interviewing James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. And it was really good because he was talking about, we have to imagine ourselves as being that person that does those things that we want to be, rather than saying, I'm trying to do something, but rather I am not The person who, he gave an example. If you are a smoker and somebody offers you a smoke, you say, oh, I'm trying to quit versus another person who says, oh, I'm not a smoker. Completely changing those different mindsets and might seem like very trivial and very insignificant, but saying, oh, I am not a smoker versus I'm trying to quit. It's just completely two different ways of thinking. And that person that identifies as not a smoker will choose to do things that a person who is not a smoker will do. So if somebody offers a cigarette, a non-smoker doesn't like even consider it. Doesn't even think about it. It's not an option. But a a person who is trying to quit is, oh man, I want to smoke, but no, I shouldn't. It's a different, complete. And then you're thinking about it for another three hours, but a a person who's not a smoker, it's not even an option and not a question. So yeah, I love his book. I love his story. It's amazing. And I think it's something that we can definitely all. Use to just build a better life, and I think that's yes. it's really, yeah for yeah, sure.
1: I love it, and I'm almost done with the books. Probably have like maybe another fifty pages to go, but yeah, that's that and the psychology of selling by Brian Tracy. Reading that too,
0: yeah, so let's go into. Yeah. And for any of the entrepreneurs in the audience here, what is one tip that you would give them to help them either grow their
1: business or start a new business? Fix your credit because that opens the door for everything else and when i say fix your credit at 680 or higher if you are not at least at a 680 that is it's still just not it's not good enough so once you are at that 680 i kid you not so many other things are way easier for you just because you fix that one thing so take it seriously fix your credit because it is way easier to start a business with money than it is to start without money. When I was starting, there was quite a long period where it was ramen noodles and rice and beans. And let's not have to be doing a business that way, you know, where it was, how can I put it? Okay, here's a good way to put it. So many people in the real world, in the regular non-entrepreneur world, their whole thing is this concept of living paycheck to paycheck. No one ever thinks about the fact that their employer may very well be living payroll to payroll so start your business with a healthy level of capital right do that by making sure you have healthy credit of 680 or higher okay don't do any underhanded credit repair methods now we're not a credit repair business so there are thousand and one companies out there that will help you with that but take the time to really fix your credit that is the one thing that i would tell everyone because everything else gets easier if you would just fix that one thing. I could have gone into the importance of marketing or knowing about your customers or having a business plan. None of that matters though, if you don't even have the money to really see those things through to the end in a proper way fix your credit so that you can do that.
0: Oh, definitely. Cause if you have the credit to go out and find the funding, you can pay for consultants or you can pay to take courses on all of those other things.
1: <laughs> so yes, yeah, so if you can just have access to money, not even just a little bit of money, but there's so much money out there. If you can just convince the bank that you are not someone who's going to go and default on the loan, there's this running joke. The bank likes to give money to people who don't need it. So <laughs> you can help. Strengthen that argument by just simply having solid credit, showing that you are a healthy business once you're getting into the whole business credit side of things and showing that you know how to use your money and so on and you can continuously get access to millions of dollars, they will give you the money. It's kind of their job. You just have to convince them that you're the right person. So start by fixing your credit. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Great tip there.
0: And if anybody wants to reach out to you, learn more about what you do, learn more about Oxford Pierpont or My Business Credit, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, please visit mycredit.com. I paid extra money for that domain just so that it would be easy for people to remember. So definitely go to mybusinesscredit.com. It is a service of our bigger company, which is Oxford Pierpont. And you can learn more about that. We do business development. We basically focus on all the stuff that happens after you have funding. That is a good way of explaining what Oxford does. And if you Google Oxford Pierpont, they know who we are. We have the first two or three pages to ourselves. It's been, you, you did well the with that SEO. Yeah. For a while we were an SEO company. So I guess I should know how to do a little bit of it. You definitely <laughs> should. Yeah. That's great. Bob, it's been so
0: great having you here on Green Business Impact. I've had such a great time talking to you, loved Thank exploring you. all the things that you're into and what it takes to build good business credit and really helping e and other entrepreneurs who are small business owners, trying to make it through the world throws at us and make this world a greener place. So thank you so much for joining us on the call. And I hopefully we'll have you back on another day and you'll be able to tell us about how your awesome social site is going and the, how the course is going, how it's helped a bunch of people be able to go from there. So yeah, thank you so much for
1: coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and final takeaway. If I just had to say one last thing to everyone, definitely do not be discouraged in your business because. It is hard. It is definitely hard if you do not have a plan, if you don't have good funding, but if you just fix those basics, business is really a pleasurable experience and there are so many rewards at the end of it. So Hang in there, fix your credit and have fun. Bye everyone. And if you enjoyed this interview with My
0: Business Credit and Bob Hunter and how they are helping small business owners understand what they need before they go to try to apply for a loan and allow them to succeed in receiving a business loan once you've completed all the necessary steps and you're interested in understanding what other options are out there, especially in terms of angel investing. Then I invite you to check out this interview with Funder. They are a platform that that connects investors to startups and it does so much of the heavy lifting in terms of vetting on both sides making sure investors are vetted to actually invest in startups and for startups having their deck vetted and everything else so that investors have an easier time so that they can easily just match them all through the platform so make sure you check out this interview with funder Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, PodBeat. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was PodBeat. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.